welcome to my podcast. This is your host, Razia Mirza, better known as Razi. Estepreneur is a podcast where estheticians can learn how to become successful entrepreneurs. I'm an Afghan immigrant, retired U.S. Army surgical assist. I have been a licensed esthetician for past 10 years and a business owner for four years. I have made many mistakes in my career and faced many failures, which made me into a better businesswoman and an esthetician. You will learn everything about starting your own aesthetics practice in this podcast. So let's get this shit started. And by the way, I unapologetically curse a lot. So be ready for that. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host Razi and you're listening to Estepreneur. Today I have a very, very special guest which I have manifested. He knows it as well. I've manifested this podcast and this friendship with him. Joshua Maniscalco, licensed esthetician of 18 years, owner of Agent RX Skincare Line, founder of Agent RX Skincare. He's a phenomenal educator, amazing person, somebody I look up to. So I really wanted to have him on the podcast so he can share some insight about product development, what it takes to start your own practice, business, and just give a little bit of advice to new estheticians who are new to the industry and want to thrive and do their best in this industry. So let's welcome Josh. Hi, Josh. How are you doing? Hi. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I'm honored. <laughs> and yes, it's really funny because I remember when you told me that, like, I manifested being friends with you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I had no idea. But it's cool. I mean, you are a very special person, I think. Um, and just getting to know you has been wonderful. And I love all that you do for the community and, and your pod and everything. Thank so you. thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I used to watch you and Ashley, but of course, like when you see people with bigger accounts, sometimes you, you get like intimidated, not knowing like whether they would respond to you, whether they would talk to you or not. So I've always had that impression that maybe I would not get that, that like that relationship that I want to build with people that I do feel like that they could be my mentors or people that I can look up to. Yeah, no, I think I'm, I like vibe with that because when I was starting, I mean, you and I are different generations. Like I'm like, I don't even know, like 20 years older than you, but like, I think when I started on Instagram, that was my fear. It was just like, Oh God, like how do I, you know, approach these people that I look up to or whatever. And I kind of just didn't, I just was like, let me just focus on what I do. I kind of had this like breakthrough moment where I was just like, okay, like I'm just going to do me and like be silly and put on wigs and like have fun with it. And that's kind of when people just started coming to me, you know, and they were like, oh, you've been an esthetician for 18 years. Like, you know, something, you know what I mean? <laughs> let's chat. Like, let's be friends. Like, yeah, it was actually Michaela. I did a reading with her. Michaela, shout out to Michaela McLean. And um, she did my human design and it kind of just like cracked my world open in a new way like I was like wow and then she introduced me to um, Ashley and Rianne and we all did this live together um, that I was panicking about because I'd never met them and and that that large account that you were talking about like those large accounts those large numbers on a screen make you think something about someone right like they're somehow special they're they're better than me or you know they have more respect than me they know what they're doing more than i do i had all those you know same feelings um being newer to instagram and stuff i didn't grow up on social media you know so i was like oh this is weird but yeah i just feel i i feel that you know and i think it's something that we have to be aware of and realize that everyone 
is just a person behind the screen, right? And it's like, yeah, some people are genuine and down to earth, like Ashley and Rianne and myself and Michaela, but there's other people that are not. And and that kind of feeds that whole like, you know, thing. Yeah, I have reached out to people in the past with bigger accounts, and I have not received any positive response back. So that was my fear. I don't know. I'm not a huge account, but I've grown in the sense of like, you know, just a lot of people reach out. Like I get a shitload of DMs and like, so it's hard, you know, so I don't ignore people. I don't, you know, do that. But at the same time, I'm a busy ass bitch. So it's like, I can't respond to everyone all the time, you know? And you know, it's just, it's hard. So for, for Ashley too, you know, any of us, like, it's like, we're running businesses, we have lives, she's getting married, like, you know, it's just like so much going on. So I think it's also important to just remember that, you know, just because someone doesn't respond, they're not being rude. I mean, if they respond rudely, then obviously, but you know, it, it, life is life, you know, and life is lifing for everyone. And so I just, I just don't take things personal like that anymore, I feel like. And that's probably the best thing I could say to that. It's just like, don't take shit personal. Keep doing what you're doing. Like you, like, that's what you do. You have a podcast. Like you, I mean, I remember your reels when you were starting. And when I first came into contact with you, it's like, you're super educational, focusing on educating clients and doing what you do for your business. Right. That's all that you can do. It's not really, you know what I mean? It's not really about, I don't know, for me, it's just not about like fame and whatever. It's like, this is a fucking business. Like you're here to market yourself and use this free tool to help, you know, drive business to, to your studio or your clinic, whatever. Yeah. I actually regret not taking your course early on. I took it this year. Your course was really in depth so much that you shared in that course with a lot of resources. It's not very common to see a statistician, especially like in the same industry, spilling the tea and telling you, this is the lab where you should go. This is the manufacturer. This is the designer. What is that made you guide estheticians in this direction and really share your knowledge about product development i know you have explained it in the course we're not trying to spill the course material here but i would like for you to just give a little insight of why should estheticians have their own skincare lines i think it's mainly about your business if we think about an esthetician's business most of it is solution focused with skincare right like you need a client on skincare um, that's like 80 percent of your results in in the treatment room so if that's true then why wouldn't you have your own skincare? <laughs> to me, it's very, very simple. So it's about the bottom line of your business and the longevity of your business. I'm not against having other product lines. That's that's not what it's about. But I think your line deserves to be there with the others. I mean, there's there's actually several examples of estheticians that really only do their own line and, and places that I worked, we only did our own line for a while. She had like little other pieces like um, retail and stuff, but that's kind of where I learned and, and got the idea of like, oh, wow, like she is all in on her brand. And that really inspired me to see someone like so all in. I mean, there were probably, I think there were about 12 of us on staff and she was the head, you know, of the company and founded it. It was really inspiring just to see how, wow, she has all of these estheticians selling her brand, you know, and it's a staple in San Francisco. It was such an amazing brand that she had put together and a devoted, loyal clientele. And, and that's really where it's at. It's like, if you have these clients that you're seeing, you're touching their face, you're helping their skin, why wouldn't you have your own products 
to give them. You know, you're going to make better margins, most likely. Back to what you said when you're like, why would you give out this information and stuff? Well, because I can give you the labs. I can give you all the information in the world, but you have to put it into practice in your real life and in your real business. And you have to figure out how it works for you. Everyone has their own preferences. Everyone has their own clientele, their own location for a clientele, which is going to dictate formulas that you use. You know, I'm in San Francisco. I'm in a milder climate, right? I'm not in Arizona where it's like bone dry all the time and people are seeing, you know, people with just horrible barriers all the time, right? Lots of sun damage. It's, it's different, different lifestyles. So to me, that's not really a thing. I don't know why someone would gatekeep a lab. Like that's ridiculous. Also, don't be lazy. Go on the fucking internet. Google fucking labs. Like what? That kind of pisses me off when people just like ask basic ass dumb questions. I don't know why I just got all pissed off, but like, you know, like basic shit. Like if you're really interested in something, like, do you really need someone else to tell you? Like, I sometimes say that, ask me questions that Google can't answer. And sometimes I think you got to have that fire inside of you wanting to like build your own thing. Uh, and yes, sometimes it is really nice to get that guidance. I mean... I got the little bit of guidance of like these other labs, but when I was actually taking your course, I already had a lab that I was in touch with and working with. And I found this lab by Googling, researching, making a connection. Another thing I wanted to ask you, do you think it is a good thing to have a good relationship with your lab chemist, more of like a professional relationship? Do you think like that's something that plays a role in your product development? Oh, definitely. I think if we're setting up what we're doing, you know, we're small business estheticians, right? So developing products takes like capital, right? You have to start there. You need, you need some money behind it. So if you're going to a lab to custom develop, I mean, there's so many different minimums, but let's just say there's a 500 piece minimum or a thousand piece minimum. That's a lot for a small business for one product, right? So in my course, I do talk about that, like starting with one product and doing private label because it's easier to get your foot in the door and understand what it's going to take to have your own product line. See if it's something you want to do. Right. Um, but then if you want to go straight into developing your own product, you better have some money ready and yeah, you do need a relationship with the lab and, and probably you're going to have to go with a smaller lab, which are harder to find on the internet. So those I get, like if people really need guidance with that, and that's why I offer mentorship to estheticians um, and, and guide them through that and put them in touch with certain chemists and stuff like that. But yeah, I think it's all about the relationship, a, a professional relationship and understanding where you're at. A, a lab is not going to you know, take on an esthetician that wants to do a custom product for one gallon. It's just not a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, their production runs, they make money or they lose money if they don't fulfill a certain amount of, you know, gallons for a specific order. They have to buy in bulk for raw ingredients. So you need to know all these things. That's why I tell estheticians that are newer, start with private label. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's how I started. That's how so many businesses that I work for started. And that's why I did it for my business, because I saw the success. I saw that it was a proven track record. You know, it's just, hilarious to me how everyone wants their own custom formulation right out the gate right out of school and I'm like girl you don't even know what you're getting into like 
at yeah. all. I didn't know where to begin with private labels. Same like you said, before I took your course, my my perspective was that private label is probably not effective. It doesn't have those right ingredients. <laughs> That's what everyone thinks. What if they have why. like just uh, whatever ingredients in the product and I'm yeah. just like putting my name on it and that's yeah. where I was so scared and a lot of people don't understand like you said most of the big brands have started with private label and then they oh my God, yeah. customize it and that's yeah. something that it's not talked that much about it's that's the smarter it. way to go and it also is. you have to understand like I've formulated my own products like I know how to do that right I know all of the red tape that you have to get through the minimums the money all of it and that's why I offer that course, you know, create your signature products about private label. Cause I'm like, you aren't ready. Like start here, <laughs> start with this course. Trust me, <laughs> like just start here and then grow from there. It's, it's just a better way to do it as a small business and an esthetician. Um, it's fit for, it's customized for what we do. You know, that's, that's what it is. And, but I, I applaud you for going all in on a, on a formula you know, and like you said, it takes time, two years. Like it took me two years to develop Gluey. I More than that, it took me probably 10 years because once I knew that I loved liquid crystals way back in the day, I was like, okay, I love this. But I always heard complaints from clients. It's too sticky. I don't like it. My hair sticks in it. You know, it, it, it just wasn't the right formula. And I tried all of them, all of the brands that had like a pure liquid crystal serum. So it was just marinating with me for years until I really started researching and then reaching out to labs and understanding how difficult it is to get liquid crystals. Like the production is difficult for labs. It takes a lot. So it's more expensive. Um, there's just so many layers to it. Finally found the right chemist that helped me. And I was like, this is my goal. Like, I don't want it to be like these products. You know, I need a different consistency. Is that possible? They're like, we don't know. We have to try. <laughs> so they started trying and I had to go through all these samples. You know, it's years, right? So it's like, if you have that time, if you have that capital, if you're that passionate about something, go for it. Absolutely. But if you're just trying to make more money for your business, like really fast <laughs> and like start growing your legacy and your empire and then slowly go into formulation, that's where private label comes in. And another thing, labs that do all of the production, they also do all of the testing for you. They've tested it on clients. They've tested it on how many other estheticians over, you know, however many years. How long has this lab been in business? 40 years? Um, you could say their products are probably effective because that means people have been buying from them for 40 years. That's right. They're not out of business because their products fucking worked. <laughs> like, it's just like the labs patent their own technology. So one lab, Covalence, they're a huge lab. They've done Rhonda Allison, Cosmetics, PCA. They've they've formulated for so many major brands, Osmosis, um, and other so many other brands too. There, when they started, they were a super small lab and they started with what they call vault formulas, which are private label formulas. And all of the brands like Cosmetics started with their vault formulas. One of the uh, businesses that I was mentioning before, Bella Pele, where I first started in San Francisco, they started with Covalence private label vault formulas. Super successful. These formulas were innovative. They were amazing. And people loved them. Clients loved them because they were working. That lab is now massive. Their minimum order for packaging 
is 30,000 pieces, 30,000 pieces. Cause they have so much business, right? They started from private label formulas that work. So don't turn your nose up to a vitamin C from a private label. You know what I mean? They've done the stability testing. They've proven that it works. Start there. That's what I say in my course. It's a freebie here, <laughs> but basically start with one product that sells really well that you're already selling to your clients. That's already successful. It's flying off your shelves and then do it for yourself with a private label formula. And then if you're not getting the results or you want more, you want to add some ingredients, then talk to the lab and be like, you know what? I want to customize this base formula and make it my own. I want to make it green. I want to make it smell like mango. Like, you know, that's kind of like how you can develop slowly. It doesn't have to be this big monster that you're facing. Start slow and and go for it and just like do something. Even though we do work on skin and we have the knowledge of anatomy and chemistry, most of us are not cosmetic chemists. So sometimes the ideas we do have in our head, when you put it into a beaker, it does not <laughs> turn out so well. Private label, in my opinion, after like taking your course, now I understand that why it could actually be beneficial. You don't have to pay for developing the formula. You don't have to pay for doing the FDA approval testing and all of that. You don't have to pay for stability testing. It is all done. You're just- You don't have to wait. Yeah. Fucking stability testing can take like three, four months. Just that piece. It's crazy that how uh, there's still a stigma around the private label in our industry. And we sometimes don't realize that how important it is to highlight these, these factors developing a skincare line. So- I wanted to ask you, especially with the esthetician revolution going on at the moment in our community, what is that you had to do in order to make sure your business is esthetician friendly, supporting estheticians, but also supporting your practice as well? And what is that piece of advice you give to either new skincare lines or already existing ones that are listening to this? to maybe change some of their practices and make it more ethical and also respect the profession of estheticians and support them? What is that you think would be a good idea? That's a tough question. I mean, the more I talk with brands behind the scenes, the more I learn um, just how difficult it can be for a brand to just kind of change their policies on the fly like it doesn't really work like that they have a business model that they built whether or not we agree with it you know it's probably working and so it's tough i think i think brands that were founded with estheticians in mind really do stand out and they are the ones that brands should model themselves after and then do it better, do it, do it in their own way. Um, I'm having a conversation with a brand right now that's not even out yet, but they wanted to get my opinion on how to approach the foundation of their brand and the marketing of their brand for estheticians. And I was just super clear. I was like, well, you need to be, if you're saying you're for the esthetician, then all of your decisions will line up with that. So ask yourself basically you know if you're if you're making a line for estheticians then are you going to stand behind that given our modern age we we all know amazon third party resellers right the internet your clients buying products from you 
and and this isn't to say like your your regular clients, your regular clients that support you, like mine, they buy from me no matter what. They they do not go on the internet for skincare. If they walk in Sephora and someone asks them, oh, you want to try this new serum? Nope, thank you. I have an esthetician. You know, they go get their makeup and they're out. Whatever. <laughs> you know, it's that type, those types of relationships that you build. But it's the new clients that you get that you get a client in the door. Their new client, you sell them a product that's on Amazon because you're carrying it, but that, that brand says they're a professional product, but they're also on Amazon. That client is visiting the city and they don't live there. And then they leave where, and they love the product that you sold them. It was the perfect product for them. You, you educated them on it. It's solving their concern. And now they go back to their home. They run out of the product. They go to your website. You don't have it on your website or it's, you know, the full retail price. And so they're like, oh, and the shipping's longer, whatever. They go buy it on Amazon. It's just normal, right? Most people actually will look on Amazon first. (laughs) They won't even look on your website. So that right there to me, it's like a brand that says they're for estheticians and small businesses is not, you're not. If you're really on Amazon and that's the way you're going, it's just, it's not supporting a small business esthetician. So that would be the first thing I would say, get rid of if you're a brand. Um, but it's also really challenging as I'm learning. I, I've heard from multiple people, big brands that, you know, Amazon forces them to have their products on Amazon. If they don't establish an account, then they allow third-party resellers on Amazon. So they have no price control. They don't have like a global price, you know? So it's a complicated issue. I don't think there's a quick and fast solution. Um, but then there's other brands that don't, they're not on Amazon and there's no third party reseller. So how are they doing it? I don't have all the answers, but I know it can be done. So it's, it's complex and there's a lot of nuance. I think, I think the best thing as an esthetician you can do is just really understand your business and, and who are the clients you're seeing? Is it a travel-based clientele? Like, do you see a lot of people that come in for travel, you know, are, are they, you know, living in your neighborhood and they're local clients and they're devoted to you. Um, but this brings me right back to having your own product line. When you have your own product line, it don't matter who the fuck you see. They got to get the product from you. So if you have a good product and you sell it to the client and they love it, where do you think they're going to get it? They can only get it from you, right? This is not rocket science. It's just basic business. How do you deal with that whole complication in your own business with cryopeptide, having it for estheticians and also selling online and you're actually running out and having a lot of problems and technicalities. How's all of that going? I'm not a tech person. Like I didn't, that's not my background, right? Like I'm an esthetician. So figuring out e-commerce and and educating myself and finding a mentor to help me has been challenging um, because I'm still running a business, right? (laughs) Like running a business, I'm seeing clients. Um, so the challenges are, are really, honestly, the basics is just like taking care of myself. Like that's something that I've implemented over the past few years where it's like, no matter what, like I have to work out, like I have to eat healthy, not all the time. I'm not perfect, but that's my main thing that I do to take care of myself. And that helps me just kind of keep a level head. And sometimes I, you know, have complete meltdowns (laughs) and like, as you do as a small business owner, it's really fucking hard. And to your point about the business model that I'm at, I'm kind of just 
my business model was just created out of respect for estheticians because I am one and I know how it felt to be lied to and disrespected. Um, I strive for transparency with my brand, with <laughs> which is hilarious because cryopeptide is transparent. I just got that. That's what I strive for is just like transparency with, with my account. So if I'm B2B, I'm being transparent. If I'm B2C, I'm being transparent. Like this is the product. This is, you know, what it does. And I'm not in competition with you as a business, as an esthetician. Um, I, I just don't like that. It feels icky, you know? And the thing that I'm wrestling with right now is growth. It's, it's really hard. I've sold out three times now. And it's like, it's just like, wow. Okay. What do I do? Like, how do I forecast better? Like each order has sold out faster than the one before. So it's like, I don't, I'm still trying to figure this out and it's really stressful, you know, because I'm like trying to handle everything else, but then trying to like support my accounts and like be a brand that they can rely on. Right. If who the fuck wants to be buying from brand that sold out. And I've heard estheticians go off on stories. Like remember there's this year, a couple went off on brands that were sold out. Now I get it. You know, like I'm a small business. I didn't, predict that this mask would be so successful so quick, right? I didn't know. And that's the thing. It's like, I feel like we're always preparing for failure and we're always scared of failure and we never prepare for success. Like I didn't, I didn't prepare for the success of cryopeptide and see how well it did. I wasn't prepared. And so now I'm in that messy middle right now, trying to figure it out. And I'm trying to be graceful with myself and, and just be like, Hey, you're figuring this out. And if someone has some hateful, mean things to say to me, then that's their problem. You know what I mean? I'm doing my best. And the people that know me, that support me, they're like, okay, yeah, we'll just, you know, order when it's in. Like, I haven't really had too much. I've had a couple, but thankfully, Callie handles the support at agentrx.co email. So <laughs> I don't have to like directly get it because I'm so sensitive. Sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, but <laughs> she summarizes now, for me your brand especially with cryopeptide i think it's gonna go to another level where you need a warehouse and i know you're right that sometimes we're not prepared for success we're always thinking the worst case scenario but in your situation i feel like since you have been in the treatment room you know what an esthetician needs and what do they require and if you really focus that energy that you have in that department and develop some few more products, I think you would need to take a step back and work as a CEO and just operate this thing and have a warehouse. I really have this feeling because I have seen the success of cryopeptide. I was in the treatment room. I was using the high, um, the sheet masks from Procell. And I always put the LED mask on top of my clients. And I know that it is not working. But for me, I'm like, at yeah. least it's something is there. To have a mask that can do two things at once does so many things, like basically cuts down the treatment time and time is money. And if your client can get benefits of two, three things at once, that's what I want to shoot for. No, I mean, I've already started that process and fulfillment. And, you know, I got to that point like a couple months ago where I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, and then I moved into my new space, placed a bigger order. And I was like, okay, no, like I am going to need a warehouse or I'm going to need maybe not a warehouse right off the bat, but a bigger space that's devoted to shipping, to storing cryopeptide. 
Um, and then the other SKUs that I want to bring on. So it's, yeah, it, it's just figuring that out, understanding the market and getting to a, a more stable place. It's a really, really hard move because while you're growing, you're also trying to fulfill everything and then, you know, expand and figure out the next move financially. You know, you have to constantly fund what's happening and do the work of shipping. Alicia and I ship every package. One of us is shipping. One of us is putting the label on, right? So it's resources, right? And like you said, I need to hire and all that, but which takes more capital, which, you know, and it's everyone's process is different. Mine is right now, I'm just kind of allowing things to happen, making the connections. And what I truly believe is that everything comes to me when I need it, if I don't fight the stream. So I'm trying so hard to make something happen, going upstream, that battle in my mind, it, it's it's not worth it. The energy is lost and the growth is not going to happen. I find when I relax into it, I've identified my problems. I identify what needs to happen. I know, right? I want to grow, whatever. Okay, here's what I've identified, universe. Now it's time for me to allow that to happen. I don't need to fight it really hard. And that's what it feels like sometimes. And as soon as I get that feeling, I'm like, nope, backing off. Like I'm not pushing this. I'm allowing it to happen. So we're going to see, I get, when I re-up on this new batch of cryopeptide, we're going to see like how it goes. And I think I have a better idea of fulfillment and I'm getting, you know, this into the swing of it, but yeah, definitely growth on the horizon. What does it take to be a product developer? What does it take to create that idea? What does it take out of you? I think it's necessity. It's That's where it comes from for me. It's like, I've always just seen the problems. I identify the problems and then I create something to solve it, which is the baseline of any good product, I think. Um, with, let's say, cryopeptide, I wanted something I could do. <laughs> with LED, because that's all I use is LED, like all the time that I, every client has to have LED. I, I know the scientific benefits. I see how their skin improved. And the masks I was using, I wasn't satisfied with because they were completely occlusive and not transparent. Um, also, the masks that I tried, uh, what's that? SD Max, you know, the jelly mask and other brands. I just, they were just messy. I didn't want to take the time to learn how to do it. Like the girlies, like with perfect little things. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to, like, it's not worth it for me. It's so much work. It takes so much time and the benefits are minimal. It's like, yeah, you great, get some great hydration, but like, whatever. I was like, I need something that's easy put together already. Right. So that's what began cryopeptide. And it's funny because I really wasn't intending on selling it to estheticians. I just wanted it for me in my treatment room. But then I posted with this influencer and all these estheticians were like, where do I get that mask? I want that mask. That's amazing. That's brilliant. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this could help other people. Duh. Like so many estheticians would benefit. So that's kind of when I went all in with it and then started testing formulas. And then, yeah, I mean, the formula is fucking phenomenal. It just, it works every single time. I've never had like a bad review, so I don't know. I mean, you just created something so amazing. Somebody like me, I hate the jelly masks. I 
bought it. I bought Talk it. Your shit. Talk no. your shit, Rosie. I bought it. I literally used it on one client. And I'm like, fuck this shit. What? I have a friend. I called him. I'm like, hey, do you want the hydrogelly masks? He was like, how much? I'm like, nothing. Just take it. <laughs> just Get take it. I'm like, just take it. Because I don't want to use this shit. It is so messy. I want to cut down on my treatment time. Instead, I want to focus on other things and benefiting the skin. And it was just not working for me. So when I saw the cryopeptide, you have no idea how bad I am waiting to have a treatment room, how bad I'm waiting to have everything. So I can just like post stories and show people that I'm using uh, this. And I cannot wait. There are some estheticians lines that I have in mind that I want to bring in my practice. And I really want to support my own community and my own profession. And I feel like in the past, I have just been like everybody buying and partnering up with brands that everybody has. So this time I'm like very intentional who gets the money and where it goes. So. Oh my gosh. I love that. I mean, that's really the revolution. You know, that's the esthetician revolution is when estheticians wake up and realize that like, Oh, this is our motherfucking industry. Okay. <laughs> like, no, really we run things. We built this shit. You know, when, when glycolic peels were hot in the 80s, yeah, dermatologists and doctors were doing them, sure. But we're the ones, estheticians are the ones that founded the brands for home care with incorporating AHAs. And I mean, Rebecca Gadbury, she's amazing, an amazing cosmetic chemist. She was, I think, the first esthetician licensed in the state of California or the third, some some low number. Um, she's incredible, you know, she's an esthetician and she's formulated for massive brands. That's what we're where we come from. You know, our history is estheticians, the skincare industry. And now it's everywhere. Everyone has a beauty routine, all the influencers, all the celebrities, right? But we're the ones that brought it and and quietly worked in the treatment room for years and years and years, small businesses. And then these brands just, you know, give us the middle finger. So it's like, what we need to realize is that like, we do have the power. So if every single esthetician in the country started their own private label brand with their brand name on it, what? The brands would be going out of business. And then the labs that create private label would actually make better formulas, newer formulas. They'd, they'd step up their game and offer new, more innovative stuff, right? One thing I noticed with labs too, with private label, is they've been changing their formulas lately. They've been keeping up with technology. They've been updating formulas. So you actually are getting the latest ingredients and the latest research in these formulas. So it's happened with a couple of my labs. And I'm like, oh, interesting. They changed up this formula. I'm really excited to try it. And then that becomes my opportunity to market to my clients. Like, oh, I've updated my formula for X product. And I didn't have to do the research and the legwork. And like, you know what I mean? It's just easy for a small business to your client. That's what it's about, right? I'm not selling my my private label products to estheticians, even though they don't even care. I have estheticians that ask me if they can sell my product line. I'm like, you know it's private label, right? Like some of these SKUs, right? I don't care. 
They don't care. And that's because they just want to support an esthetician. They want an esthetician brand. Like that's what's happening in our industry. Some people don't want to do the work of private label. They don't want that. So that's why we need brands that are going to support estheticians because some estheticians are never going to want to make their own product line. And that's okay. That's totally okay. It's not for everybody. It's hard fucking work and a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of like a headache and a lot of other things. Um, and definitely I feel like you some sometimes have to, you have to ask yourself, where do I see my brand going? Do I want this brand to be in Sephora and someday being bought by Estee Lauder or L'Oreal or do I want my brand to be a small brand that is like an indie brand just supporting these small little uh, local communities? Where do I want to be positioned? And it all comes from the brand strategy and figuring out what your brand stands for. What do you want to do? And again, I don't think so. Everyone is made to do everything and that is completely fine. Our energies are better invested in, th in the things that we are good at. So you also have to ask yourself those questions. My next question to you is that, do you deal with imposter syndrome, having your own skincare line and everything? And how do you overcome that insecurity and perfect your craft? Yes. I mean, I think we all have imposter syndrome. It's just constant. <laughs> um, but I think the thing that I've really been focused on lately is minding my business. That's, that's my like motto in my brain every single day. 25 to 30 times a day, I'm telling myself, mind your business, bitch. What are you, what are you fucking doing? Like, mind your fucking business. Like what, who am I today? Who do I want to be tomorrow? Mind my fucking business. Because that's the only way focusing my energy. It means focusing my energy on me and taking care of me and knowing who I am and getting clarity. I'm in a really tough spot right now. Like I'm in a personally, I'm I'm single. I'm 44. I am, I, I crave love. Like I want a partner, but I also want to focus on me. I have this thriving business that's really challenging and it takes so much out of me to, to do it to the level that I want to do it at, you know? And, and I don't have all the answers for myself right now, but the thing that I want to impress on people is that our, our society is all about the before and the after. It's all about the before and after. That space to take you from the before to the after is not sexy. It's the worst. Everyone hates it. No one wants to even acknowledge it. We, we smoke weed and drink and do things to ignore it and, and numb ourselves from it. But that liminal space is, it is the most important part because Without that, the after doesn't exist. You can't just go from before and after. It's not that easy. <laughs> you have a fucking journey and it sucks and it's heart-wrenching, but that's what makes the after meaningful for me. I, I've, I've been through so many times in my life where I've been lost, no clarity, no vision, depressed, just emotional and, and just empty and full of sorrow and sadness, but I always knew that I would get through it. I always told myself I'd get through it. And I, and I did better sometimes than others. Right now I'm doing a fucking awesome job in my little messy middle right now. I think I'm doing such a great job because I'm not beating myself up for the first time in my life. I'm not forcing it. I'm not trying to say you need to have it figured out. I'm just contemplating and allowing 
and I'm not listening to the outside noise. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Do not give a fuck. I'm going to do what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm going to mind my fucking business. I don't care about anyone's opinion but my own at this point. And it's taken me so many years to get here and to be able to speak that with true, authentic, like, feeling and, and really feel it in my soul. Like, that's where I'm at. And I'm so fucking happy to be here because it, it makes life so much easier. God damn, man. You are phenomenal. (laughs) I fucking love listening to you. I'm still humble, though. This is a humble bitch right here. I have you. I actually actually did like a podcast episode with my husband for his podcast. uh, And you have actually been mentioned there because that same day we talked the day before that. And you you taught me. On your husband's pod? Yeah, it is. When it's your pod. It's one life. Uh, it's called the One Life Podcast. He is working on producing more um, episodes and stuff. But I mentioned you there because you taught me something really beautiful, and it stuck with me because I struggle with that. I struggle with being my true, authentic self, and sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like the way I come off could be aggressive, harsh. Because I come with a lot of passion, so it can come off as that. And I hated myself for a really long time for that. I'm like, why are you like this? Be more, be more feminine. Be more polite. Be more gentle. Be more this and be more that. Fuck that. You taught me to just be you. And that message was like, it, that day, I think that message was, I needed that. I needed yeah. it to come from, from a place, from someone who has done it who has made the mistakes and who knows what the fuck is doing and coming from that person holds a lot of value for me. That person is you. (laughs) I I appreciate it. I, you know, I think that's what life is about for me is using all the pain and the struggle that I went through in my life to hopefully just be an example to others so that maybe they'll grab some kind of, moment like you did with me um and it'll make their journey make a little more sense to them they'll they'll have some clarity on something it's just that's how i've always been i just i want to help people i love people i'm not one of those people that hates people (laughs) like i know there's like some people out there that are shitty they're really fucking shitty and the world's a shitty place sometimes but i always say I mean, I always say I've been I've been quoting lately to to anyone that will listen that quote by Einstein, where he says the most important decision you'll make is if you live in a hostile or a friendly universe. And when I heard that quote, it, it just blew my mind because you have this person, you know, that's a legend, that's an icon that will forever be in human history. Right. Saying the most important decision we make. That's the most important decision we make. Choosing the type of universe we live in in our minds. That's our most important decision. This is coming from from Einstein, right? It just made such an impact on me. And I was like, yeah, wow. That's my fucking philosophy. That's it. That's boiled down to a nutshell. It's like, I'm going to choose every single day the life that I have. I'm going to make that choice for myself. I want you to give one piece of advice for every esthetician who's listening to this podcast. I guess one piece would just be to focus on yourself and your business. I think as it's relating to social media, that's kind of where I, I feel like that's how we discover each other. And that's how you and I met and everyone. It, it, it's just, we're so caught up in the followers 
and the attention. And it's like, y'all just need to focus on what you are doing, which means your clients speak to the camera as if you're talking to your clients. Forget about other estheticians comparing yourself to them and what they're doing. Talk to your clients. That's what you need to do for your business. The community aspect, great. Reach out to estheticians, have friendships, develop friendships, share advice. But unless you're really, if your business is marketed at estheticians, obviously show up for estheticians. But you're focused on your clients. Don't get caught up in what other estheticians are doing. Just focus on you and and spreading your message about your product. Simple shit. Keep it simple. You know, like people, I just hear this all the time. I'm too afraid to get on camera. Or what am I going to say? It's all been said before. These are the things that I hear. It, it's your voice. It's your perspective. It's your clientele. It's your location. It's your body. Like you are a unique individual. How you say it is going to come across as you. It can't be any other way. You know, and, and if you are blatantly copying someone, people will know. They'll feel the like, inauthentic energy. If you show up as your nervous self on a reel and just talk, you're going to attract people because people are going to relate. They're going to be like, oh, she might seem a little nervous. Oh God, I just love that. Like, I love that she's showing up anyway. Like, isn't that the people you want to be following you anyway? People that actually are real, that have heart, that like see you for you, that like, even if you're nervous, they, they're like cheering you on because they're like, damn, that bitch, I could tell she's a little nervous. You know, she just flubbed her words, whatever. But like, I'm into this and I'm getting some good advice from skincare, you know? Like, that's who we want to be following us. That's the clients we want to attract. That's what I want. That's who I want around me. Real ass motherfucking people with real ass hearts that can relate to what who I am, which is a real ass bitch. I'm not trying to like be someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just yourself. I don't know. I don't know. Is that good? Is that good advice? Yeah, that was yeah, a good I'm message. Yourself, bitch. <laughs> I mean, that was a good message, Josh. Thank you. It's so basic, but you know. It's not basic. It is something that we all need uh, and we all need to hear it. And sometimes we have to remind, remind ourselves because it's very obvious. I mean, when we are on social media, comparison gets the best of us. We are constantly looking at other people. You just have to, like you said, you just have to focus on yourself and who your audience is, who you are serving, and just pay attention to that. Just like have those blindfolds and just focus on your goal on nobody else. So that's an amazing message because most new estheticians, even in school that I was with, they were struggling with this, that they were looking at other estheticians. Oh my God, how am I going to get there? Why am I not like that? And it happens to all of us. So that was a very beautiful message. I have one more thing to say about that. Uh Uh-huh. Just because you kind of made me think about something, but I think what you need to do is also adjust your mindset. You you can you can look at other accounts for inspiration. Absolutely. You can follow clients, follow accounts, learn, learn from them, watch their reels, not with a critical eye for yourself, but instead, okay, this is what they're doing. That's how I learned social media. I fucking took courses. You know, I bought who's he, what's its course. I, I read it. I started understanding it because I was so new to it. But then I put my own spin on shit. I watched other people doing things. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do my own thing. But it is helpful to, to watch others for a time. But make that a season. Make it, make it intentional. You know, don't just be doom scrolling, like constant scrolling, seeing what they're doing and comparing yourself. 
be intentional. Be like, I'm following this person because I'm attracted to them. I like what they're doing. I see their success. I, I see that for myself as well. So follow them, engage with them, you know, see what they're doing and then make it your own. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a book that I love. Um, uh, well, oh my God, it's How to Steal Like an Artist. It's a tiny little book, but it's it's just filled with truth about being an artist. And if you're an esthetician in this day and age on social media, you're also an artist. You're, you're kind of being forced to be a marketer, to be an artist, right? You're, you're an educator. So, and, and truly, I think art is for everyone and creation is for everyone. And everyone's creative. But until you really step out and do something and try, you're, you're never going to know. And you're never going to see your creativity blossom. So, okay, that's it. That's all my Thank advice. you, Josh. That was a really good <laughs> message. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time and just sharing these beautiful advice and informations and everything. It means a lot to me that you came to the podcast and honored me. I hope we can have more conversations about things in the future again. For right now, thank you so much. If you have anything else to say, please go ahead. Other than that, I can just wrap up the podcast now because it's going to extend and I can sit here and talk to you for like another hour. I know. <laughs> thank you, babe. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for inviting me. I I love invitations. I love being invited, seen, recognized, and invited for my gifts as the emotional projector that I am. <laughs> so thank you. Guys, make sure you check out his course if you're interested. I will tag all the information in the description of the podcast. Uh, you guys already know Josh. It, he's not a new person. So please go ahead and check out his course. I highly, highly recommend that. I loved it. I got so much information out of that course. So it's very helpful. Goldenexperienceguide.com. Uh, yes, goldenexperienceguide.com. I'll add the website <laughs> link, the course link. Everything awesome. would be in the description of the podcast. Till then, keep glowing, keep growing. Bye.